Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series on international due diligence investigations, finding the needle in the corporate haystack. This series is sponsored by Infortal Worldwide. Established in 1985, Infortal Worldwide has conducted over 2 million investigations globally. Infortal specializes in investigations for FCPA vendor risk management, mergers and acquisitions, transactions, board due diligence, and screening of executives internationally, in addition to routine background checks. Infortal has implemented, tried, and tested methodologies combined with new tools to reveal 30% more hidden and undisclosed information other than investigations. For more information, check out their website, www.infortal.com. Over the next five podcasts, we will be exploring such issues as when basic due diligence is no longer enough, given some recent government FCPA and international anti-corruption enforcement actions, what do CCOs need to know and want to know, what is and what is not working in due diligence investigations today, M&A successor liability issues, reputational damage, how they might be avoided by more robust investigative due diligence, and finally, with the changes in global policies regarding data privacy, the changes in technology with AI, what are some of the innovations and progress we will see in, in investigative due diligence going forward. Throughout this series, I am joined by Candace Tao. Candace is the founder, founder and CEO of Infertile Worldwide. I know you will find this series useful and instructive. The series on international due diligence investigations, Finding the Needle in the Corporate Haystack, is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for episode four of our five-part exploration of international due diligence, Finding the Needle in the Corporate Haystack. I'm joined by Candace Tao, the founder and CEO of Infertal. And today we're going to take up the always fun topic of current events, timely topics, reputational damages, M&A successor liability, et cetera. So, Candace, uh, thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you, Tom. Great to be here. So, Candace, uh, setting the stage with the criminal indictment, last week of the founder of Autonomy, the CEO of Autonomy, uh, for issues around his the sale of his company to Hewlett-Packard in the United States, where HP bought Autonomy for $11 billion, and then within tw- uh, 18 months had to write off $8.8 billion of that, I think sets a great stage for talking about how M&A can create nightmares, certainly for CCOs, but also for Boards, reputational uh, damage, and it's a great way to introduce this topic. So uh, let me start with uh, just M&A transactions. What do you see and what do you advocate as the as the uh, function of due diligence from the compliance perspective in M&A? Sure, Tom. So the compliance uh, aspect of due diligence in M&A transactions um, really takes – takes a look at deeper dive level of due diligence. So again, due diligence investigations is sort of an overriding term for a, a number of different aspects of um, 
applications for due diligence. It may be M&A transactions, it may be board due diligence, it could be uh, vendor due diligence, etc. So um, with mergers and acquisitions, both in terms of FCPA and just in, in terms of the acquisition itself, um, key aspects uh, in, in terms of compliance would be taking a look at not only the company and uh, its operations, its financial information, uh, et cetera, but also um, its executives. Uh, many companies haven't in the past and only a few do still today really do um, look at their executives. And this leads to a lot of problems later on, both in terms of FCPA violations and in terms of uh, shareholder losses, market value losses, and um, deal, a lot of deal volatility at all levels of M&A transactions. It's not just the very large ones, but uh, at all levels. And so these are things that um, companies and chief compliance officers need to, must take a look at. Has, have they done any due diligence on the company? Have they done any type of due diligence on the board of directors itself, on new board members? Um, I would say that uh, for any type of M&A transaction, that's important. Um, reputational damage issues, what, uh, what can be found, what has been found, are the directors or officers of the company involved in, in um, working with foreign uh, officials, uh, in some cases state government contracts directly? Um, there's been a lot of um, compliance violations around chief executives who have misstated or, or ignored. There was even, um, I forget which was the company that had... Um, where the uh, president of the uh, company had a president's account. That was uh, uh, Panasonic Avionics. It was Panasonic, yes. So they had a special president's account that nobody had in, uh, insight to uh, or review of. There were no accounting controls for that account, and he was able to very effectively, over many years, bribe foreign officials, um, and I think to the extent of about $30, $31 million dollars, and so no one knew about that until much later. And these are things that, that can be found. Um, there are investigative due diligence, investigative analysis of facts is really the domain and specialization for investigators. And you won't typically find that through data aggregated information. And so I keep um, mentioning that because uh, it's very misleading. 80% of information can be found through aggregated data sets. Um, however, 20% of, of information can't be found. And information is not readily found on non-publicly traded companies either. So these are all factors that are very, very substantial factors for M&A, um, especially in terms of successor liability. Will the uh, acquirer be responsible for the actions of the acquired company. Candace, um, rarely have I heard someone advocate performing a compliance 
focus due diligence on a board of directors of a target company. I've heard that around um, senior executives of a target company, perhaps key executives, C-suite members. But I heard you say something a little bit different. Why do you find that taking a look at the board of directors of a target company can give you insights around potential uh, reputational and or legal risks? Well, certainly included on most boards of directors would be the chief executive officer. So if you if a company is looking at the CEO, they might have uh, some insight there. However, um, tone comes from the top in most organizations, and I think that's been pretty well documented. So if the board of directors is um, have any issues that should, uh, the company should be aware of, the acquirer should be aware of, certainly that would typically dictate tone at the top. Uh, a corrupt board of directors or a board of directors that's turning um, turning away from a CEO that may be uh, a particular powerful, particularly powerful personality, um, and so their actions are ignored or overlooked by the board, um, that would be a serious concern, I think, to most acquirers. And we've seen that uh, a number of times uh, ourselves where uh, even in very large transactions that are in the hundreds of millions of dollars or even over a billion dollars in terms of the acquisition target have seen um, board members or key executives who have relationships that the new company would absolutely not want to have on board in the new organization. And oftentimes those executives are hired on or become uh, important shareholders in the parent company. And so that, that's a very serious issue that I think often is not addressed. Candace, I started off this episode by talking about the HP acquisition of autonomy. And in that case, HP was uh, constrained by UK law from looking at uh, transactional information from autonomy. But it sounds like to me you're uh, you are talking about a very different level of transactional, or excuse me, M and A due diligence, where you're you're not dependent on a target company's resources for you to data mine. You're going to, uh, as you've suggested, really uh, the internet, social media, or other media that's available uh, uh, that gives a much richer picture of uh, a company, its board of directors, its senior management. Is, did I understand that correctly? Yes, definitely, Tom. Um, we do find, in our experience, about 20% of executives don't check out. They have issues and problems in their backgrounds that um, the next company that hires them would not particularly want or would not hire them based on those issues. And so um, there's a lot of information that can be found without the, co without the direct involvement of the acquisition target. In other words... There's a lot of information that we can find as investigators in terms of the due diligence that we conduct. And particularly if the um, acquirer shares some amount of the information with us, what are they concerned about in this particular deal? Are there issues that, that should be looked at more closely um, rather than just sort of a, a clear slate of what, tell us what you find. We see that a lot. Tell us what you find and then we'll make our decision. So um, it's, it's more effective to, to shape um, due diligence of any type, but in particularly for mergers and acquisitions. Are there any concerns that the company already knows about? Um, we always ask our clients to let us know if there is a concern that, that they, we should know about 
their concerns, in uh, at least in some kind of uh, neutral manner, uh, not necessarily all the details and specifics. And then, um, you know, there's a lot of information that we find that would not be obvious. So as much as we look at the information that's in front of us, so to speak, um, we do look at data uh, aggregation, of course, because that's a basic type of information to start with. We do look at the uh, deep media searches, deep internet searches. We look at every public record that we can find about the company and or its executives. Um, but it's also about the things that you don't find. You know, there are, there are, there is a thing called investigative hunch. So you, you expect to find certain pieces of information and you don't find it anywhere. What does that mean? Does it mean anything? Or is it something that's being covered up and potentially serious? And so there's a lot of um, different aspects to investigative due diligence, particularly on M&A transactions. And this is M&A transactional due diligence is where a lot of the FCPA due diligence of third parties is based on. And so we've been doing M&A due diligence, for example, for over 34 years. And so most companies today that are in the due diligence field um, ground their teeth, so to speak, on M&A transactions. And so, again, 20% of executives have issues that um, the acquirer should know about. 35% of um, third parties have corruption and bribery-related issues. There's a huge amount of hidden and undisclosed information that can be found on the deep, dark, and historical internet. And it's much, much um, greater type of investigative analysis than simple level one due diligence. Sorry if I went into that in a lot of detail there. <laughs> Not a problem, but uh, unfortunately we are at the end of our time. I've been visiting with Candace Tao the founder and CEO of Infortal, and we've been looking at really some current events and timely topics around reputational damage and M&A successor liabilities. Uh, I hope you'll join us uh, for our final episode where we're going to take a look at some issues around global enforcement. Candice, I look forward to continuing the conversation. Same here, Tom. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thank you for joining me on this episode of international due diligence investigations, finding the needle in the corporate haystack. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow for our next episode. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact Infertile at their website, which is www.infertile.com. This five-part podcast series has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.